This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined by one half of the best duo on the New York Jets beat. See, I'm not insulting anybody because these guys are a duo. So Andy Vasquez out on his own. Chris Nimbley out on his own. Manish out on his own. I'm not stepping on anybody's toes here. I think they'd all agree you guys are the best duo. Daryl Slater is the other half of the duo. He is on vacation. And so we talk to the other half of the duo. Some would say the better half. Some would say the not better half. I would suspect that Daryl Slater would probably be one of the ones that say not the better half. But I don't want to put words in the man's mouth. Of course, we're talking about Matt Stiplikowski. What's going on, Matt? Not too much. How you doing, Scott? I, uh, yeah, Daryl, I think, would take issue with that. His wife, however, might not call him the better half. <laughs> I think that you're probably right about that. She might concede that you're the better half of the Jets beat. But it depends on the day. Maybe there are days where Daryl brings her flowers and then she's on Daryl's side. I think it could be a little inconsistent right there. Just like some of the players on the New York Jets that you profiled in your top 20 heading into training camp. One of whom sits right at number 20 and is a brand new addition to the team coming in from the Falcons. And that is slot cornerback Brian Poole. Yep. Uh, so like you said, counting down the top 20 most important players entering this 2019 season for the Jets. And uh, had Poole at number 20, the, uh, the first installment of this series. And basically, I mean, the rationale there was just the fact that this cornerback core between Poole, Daryl Roberts, and Truman Johnson, you know, on paper is not looking super strong. Uh, so the way that those three performed this season is going to be vitally important to this defense. Uh, and you know, over the last few years, uh, Jets fans obviously had kind of a, a love-hate relationship with Buster Screen, you know, a guy that was pretty inconsistent at that slot corner role. Uh, the Jets obviously hoping that Poole, who they kind of got on the cheap this offseason, will be a little bit more consistent of a performer uh, this year, be able to kind of lock things down in that slot role. Uh, so, you know, from my point of view here, the way he performs and what he's able to do coverage-wise can be a big uh, sticking point to this Jets defense going forward, uh, especially because and this is a theme that's going to come up a lot when we talk with the Jets corners over the next couple of weeks throughout training camp and probably beyond. You know, this Greg Williams defense, the way he likes to bring pressure and, uh, you know, get after the quarterback with some blitzes, it puts some extra strain on the cornerbacks to really, you know, make sure they hold their coverage and, you know, keep guys in check, uh, especially, you know, for the first couple seconds as the play develops, try to let the pass rushers get home. You know, if they, if they aren't able to hang on to their man and, you know, make sure that guys are locked up for the first few seconds, uh, the pass rush gets nullified pretty quick when, you know, Tom Brady and the like are just swinging short routes all day. So, uh, the way Poole and, and the rest of these guys, um, in the secondary are able to cover is going to be a, a big thing for the Jets this year going forward. Matt, you mentioned how the pass rush and the pass defense go hand in hand, so the cornerbacks become very important to the pass rushers, and the pass rushers become very important to the cornerbacks. We profile a cornerback at number 20 on your list, that is Brian Poole, and now we get to number 19 on your list, and that's a pass rusher, notably a rookie who is drafted in the third round out of the University of Florida, and that is Ja'Kai Polite. Yep, and so uh, this is, I mean, my rationale here, and people might remember, you know, I was uh, a little conflicted on Polite a few weeks ago when we spoke, just not really sure what his role on this team will be. He's got a 
you know, battle a little bit with Brandon Copeland, and we'll see what kind of role he winds up taking on at outside linebacker there. But, you know, basically that's the reason why he's so important. If he can emerge and become a, a legitimate player in this Jets defense, become a guy that's, you know, dangerous off the edge and can play a big role in this defense, it probably means that the defense is going to take a step forward. You know, no knock on Brandon Copeland, who's a solid enough player, but he's probably a guy that the Jets would prefer to have in a rotational role and have someone that's a bit more explosive, be the every down kind of guy. So if Polite can prove himself to be that guy and kind of step into that role and fill some big shoes and bring some pressure off the edge, odds are it means that this Jeff pass rush kind of steps forward a little bit because of his presence, the defense as a whole kind of following suit. So we'll have to obviously wait and see what kind of role Polite does take on. But I think the, the potential that he holds makes him one of the most important players going into this season. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Another player who many people would not think is important, but you think is more important than most believe, although you concede in your article that you think that the Jets should pray that he never has to see the field, is Trevor Simeon, the backup quarterback. Yep, uh, like you just mentioned, Scott, I think uh, everyone, you know, definitely Jets fans are rooting that Simeon never takes the snap this season. They would much prefer that Sam Darnold uh, is healthy and playing every snap and, you know, that Simeon never... He's the light of day, but obviously a backup quarterback is going to have some impact on this team, especially with a young QB like Sam Donald. Obviously last year he got a lot of mentorship from Josh McCown. Uh, this year he's going to need kind of a, a new guiding force, and Simeon is going to have a role to play behind the scenes in the quarterback room, just kind of giving Sam advice, kind of shepherding him along. So for that reason in itself, you know, Simeon will have an important role to play. But, uh, you know, one thing I mentioned in the story is just, this team has a chance to contend for the playoffs based on the moves that they've made this offseason. You know, on paper, at least, it looks like they could be a contender down the stretch this season. So if Sam at all, you know, gets banged up, misses a game or two here or there, the way Simeon performs in those pinch hit roles could be a defining factor in whether the Jets manage to get across the finish line and make the postseason or whether things fall apart. But, you know, if, if say he has to play one or two games, uh, he performs great and the Jets pull out some W's, you know, maybe that's enough to, to get them over the edge. Uh, if he comes in in those couple of games and falls apart, 
maybe that's what keeps him out of the playoffs. So uh, I just think, you know, there's enough potential for him to be a deciding factor where you have to consider the fact that he could be a very important player this season. Next up on your list, we go back to the defensive side of the ball. For a guy who's been here for a little while, he's not new like Simeon, Polite, or Poole, and that is Jordan Jenkins, the outside linebacker. Yep, and we already touched on an outside linebacker with Polite, obviously, and uh, Jenkins is important for a lot of the same reasons. You know, Greg Williams is going to try to uh, get creative with him, find ways for him to get home uh, on, you know, interesting looks. Jenkins obviously had a breakout season in 2018. Uh, seven sacks, career high by quite a big margin. Uh, you know, and the question is for him whether or not that's sustainable and whether he can build on that and, you know, keep that level of production up this year, maybe even build on it, or whether it was an aberration and things are going to kind of go back to the way they were for the couple of years before that. So, uh, for the sake of the Jets pass rush, you know, the way Jenkins responds to last season, the way he either does or does not build on it this year, uh, it's going to mean a lot for this defense. They really uh, need him to stay at that level, if not build upon it. Uh, we all know that the Jets' pass rush in recent years has struggled mightily, and you know they need those seven sacks or more if they're going to, you know, be able to get consistent pressure and uh, force defenses or force opposing offenses rather uh, into you know tough situations, put them behind the chains. Uh, we already mentioned that the Jets' quarterback core doesn't look great on paper, so the pass rush needs to be sharper this year than it has been over the past couple of seasons, and Jenkins is going to play a big role in that. And another player that is going to have to play a big role in that is somebody that had a career high in sacks last year with seven, not what a lot of people expected, and you got to wonder if he's due for a regression because of it. That is Henry Anderson, who is going into his second year with the Jets. He was acquired for a seventh-round pick and was a pleasant surprise, then was re-signed to a pretty hefty contract this offseason before Mike McCagnin was shown the door. So let's talk about him. He checks in at number 16 on your list. Yep, definitely. And, uh, you know, Anderson kind of falls in the same category as Jenkins, uh, like we just mentioned, uh, a guy that had a career year last season. But, you know, is it sustainable? Is it a thing that was just a one-year blip? Or is this a sign that he's making progress, you know, growing as a player and could become a legitimate impact guy going forward in this league? We're going to have to wait and see on Anderson as well as Jenkins. But one of the big things with Anderson, one of the big questions for him is the fact that Last year, he played about 60% of the Jets' snaps on defense. He was uh, a guy that came in a lot in the nickel package, other pass rush packages and pass rush situations. Uh, and he really felt like, you know, the ability to not have to play every down and stay a little fresher was uh, a key for him and, you know, why he was so successful. He was uh, a little quicker. Uh, you know, he had the advantage of fresh legs over some, you know, tackles that were uh, dragging on third down and will like, uh, this year, though, after signing that bigger contract in the offseason, you have to assume that Anderson is going to see more than 60% of the snaps. He, sh- he should be, at least, more of an every-down kind of guy. So, uh, you know, vitally important for him that he managed to maintain that level of production despite playing more snaps. Uh, you know, stay efficient, stay effective, even if he's playing, you know, say 80% of the snaps as opposed to 60. Uh, the Jets can't afford for him to drop off. And the hope has to be that Greg Williams coming in and scheming and the fact that Quinton Williams is going to be playing next to him uh, kind of helps 
Anderson take the next step forward and kind of unlock even more potential out of him to bolster this Jeff pass rush. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. A guy that was acquired for similar draft capital that Henry Anderson was acquired for the previous year is Kalecio Semele, who will take over at guard this season. He replaces the departing James Carpenter. Here's somebody that has all pro seasons in his rearview mirror. Last year, he struggled a little bit. He's had some injuries. It's going to be interesting to see if he can bounce back under Frank Pollock and if he can give the Jets the upgrade they so desperately need a guard to help keep Sam Darnold upright, but also to help Le'Veon Bell rush the ball. Matt, he comes in next on your list at number 15. Yeah, Scott, like you mentioned, and uh, apologies in advance if I butcher Ameli's last name there. Uh, that's a tricky one for us all, but uh, he's going to be vitally important. I mean, three or you kind of argue four of the Jets starters on the offensive line are back. You've got Kelvin Beachman at left tackle. You've got uh, Brian Winters at right guard. Brandon Shell at right tackle. And Jonathan Harrison, who played basically the entire last half, second half of last season, also back at center. So, uh, Kalechi is, you know, the, the new factor at left guard. He's the new piece on this offensive line. And obviously, the Jets offensive line needs to take a step forward from last season. They were far too in- inconsistent last year. Uh, some games they look good. Others, obviously, pretty shoddy line play. Uh, but, you know, when you bring back three or four starters on the line, you're kind of putting a lot of weight on the one guy's shoulders to change things up and, you know, bolster the entire unit. So uh, Osamelli is going to have his work cut out for him this season, kind of overhauling that unit and, uh, you know, strengthening the entire thing. Uh, and like you mentioned, I mean, he had an injury plague season last year with the Raiders. Uh, he missed, I believe it was five games with a combination of toe and knee injuries. Uh, but the year prior to that, Pro Bowl season, the year before that, 2016, all pro and pro bowl season, even 2014 and 2015, uh, you know, he was a pretty, pretty darn strong guard. Uh, you know, if you look at the pro football focus numbers, he graded out in the mid eighties, I believe, you know, between 84 and 85 out of a hundred in 2014, 15 and 16 before dropping into kind of the high seventies in 2017, that last pro bowl year before a precipitous drop off last year with the injury. So, uh, the big question with him is whether or not the drop-off over these last two years, especially last year, were really because of that injury, or is it because of the fact that you know he just turned 30 uh, about a week or two ago, uh, and he's on the late half of his career. He's on the back nine here. So uh, we're going to have to wait and see whether he can recapture that you know uh, mid-offs or mid-teens form, 14 to 17 there. Uh, can he get back to that level now that he's healthy and has dropped some weight over the offseason? Or, uh, you know, has he kind of started his decline? Uh, if so, the Jets offensive line could be in some trouble. But uh, if he manages to get back into all-pro form, obviously, then the Jets uh, will have really struck gold with that little gamble they made before the draft. Hey, guys. Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I had Brandon Thorne from Scout Academy on to talk about Colecio Semele not long after the Jets acquired him. And he told me from watching the tape that he felt that there was a stretch where Osemele was arguably the best guard in the entire league. You have to figure if he's going to get anywhere close to that level again, it's going to have to be with the help of somebody like Frank Pollock, who is a very well-respected offensive line coach, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Pollock uh, has kind of received some pretty rave reviews from the Jets that we've talked to so far. Uh, seemed like a really sharp guy would be spoke to him at the end of OTAs as well. So uh, we'll have to wait and see, you know, during training camp and the preseason, just kind of the connection those two guys form and, you know, how it manifests itself on the field. But uh, it certainly will be interesting to see if Pollock can kind of help him uh, revive his career a little bit and get him back on track after a disappointing 2018 Let's talk about somebody who did not have a disappointing 2018. In fact, he's somebody that came in for a popular jet, Demario Davis, who departed and went to the Saints. A lot of people didn't really know much about him. He was kind of a low-key starter for the Tennessee Titans, but came in here and won a lot of fans' hearts by playing really, really well at inside linebacker. And that, of course, is Avery Williamson, who comes in next on your countdown at number 14. Yep, Williamson up next here, and uh, like you mentioned, had a Pretty strong 2018, uh, you know, set career highs, tackles, solos, uh, was really getting all over the field, uh, pass break, break up as well. I believe he had a half dozen of those. Uh, you know, he was a guy that was kind of one of the more consistent performers, I think, on the Jets defense last year. It seemed like just about every week you would kind of look at the box score, look at the stat sheet, or just kind of the eye test. And, you know, he was a guy you noticed a lot. You know, there was only a handful of guys on the Jets defense that you noticed for uh, positive things pretty consistently last year. Uh, Jamal Adams, obviously, popping up all the time, but Avery Williamson was kind of one of the next guys on that list, in my opinion. Uh, so, obviously, that in its own right makes him an important player coming into this year, but also the fact that he's kind of going through a transition here. I mean, he was the Mike linebacker last year, but uh, with the signing of C.J. Mosley this offseason, he's going to shift into the wheel spot next to him now, so there's going to be an adjustment here, and uh, the Jets and Williamson expect that he is going to, you know, spend some more time in pass coverage as a result of that shift, uh, which obviously makes some sense. And that's going to be especially fascinating to watch because pass coverage was Williamson's weakness last year. It has been his weakness throughout his career, uh, and he knows that as well. I mean, he's talked a bit this off season about kind of getting more coverage, uh, more comfortable in coverage, and uh, really making sure he's in good communication with the secondary, locking things down. So it's going to be fascinating to watch and see how he does in that aspect of the game. Uh, we know at this point that he can stop the run. He's a pretty good communicator in the middle of that defense. But can he get out and pass coverage and lock things down? That is going to be a big X factor for this Jets defense. We already mentioned that the Jets cannot afford to let opposing quarterbacks just kind of swing short routes all day. They need to at least lock things down long enough that the pass rush can get home. And uh, Avery Williamson, with this shift toward Will Linebacker, is going to be a big part of that as well. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
And finally, the last person on the list to this point is Daryl Roberts, who is brought back presumably to be a starter at cornerback. He checks in at number 13 on your list, Matt. He is, as of now, along with Tremaine Johnson, going to be a starter on the outside with Brian Poole, who is number 20 on the list. As the slot cornerback, tell me a little bit about just how important you think Daryl Roberts can be to this New York Jets team. Because I think if he can step up and at least be a solid starting corner, the Jets may surprise some people in that area. But if he ends up being a third or fourth corner that got elevated to a second corner just because they didn't have anybody better, there could be some trouble here. Yep, absolutely, Scott. That is uh you kind of hit the nail on the head here. That's exactly kind of how I would describe things as well. I mean, uh, Robert, the way I've kind of talked about him in the past to others is, you know, he was a really good number three cornerback the last couple of years, and he showed it last year when he was kind of forced into action when uh, Truman Johnson was hurt. You know, he played a bunch of games last season and acquitted himself pretty well. I mean, he was not a superstar, but he was solid enough. He had some good games. Uh, he showed himself to be versatile when he filled in at safety. You know, he didn't light the world on fire there, but he was, you know, a decent enough replacement. He was a Swiss Army knife of sorts, and he provided some pretty good deaths for the Jets. But the question is now, can he really take that step forward and become a solid starter, like you mentioned? And uh, that is a huge question mark. The Jets are gambling on him. Uh, we've mentioned a few times now that the Jets really need their corners to lock things down at least long enough for the pass rush to get home. And we just don't know really if Roberts is up to that when he's doing it week in, week out against some top flight wide receivers. You know, we're going to have to see how Greg Williams uses him, uh, and Tremaine Johnson, uh, that whole quarterback core. I mean, I know it's uh, been a storyline that's been kind of beaten to death, but Tremaine Johnson shaking 2018. Bill Roberts, a guy that is kind of getting elevated into a starting spot despite having never done it before. And then you have Brian Poole, a guy that's in his first year with the team. So a lot of question marks there, and Robert's performance is going to be a big key on this defense. Uh, we're going to have to see just how well he performs. And, and equally important, uh, frankly, is the fact that neither him or Truman Johnson get injured at this point because, you know, when you move a guy from the number three cornerback spot into the number two cornerback spot, just by virtue of the ripple effect, that really kind of decimates the depth uh, that the Jets had. You know, now at this point, you know, this time last year you had Roberts as the first man up if Morris Claiborne or Truman Johnson got hurt. Now, if Roberts or Johnson get hurt, you've got, I guess, Derek Jones, maybe Jeremy Clark as your third guy up. So uh, that should probably make fans a little bit nervous unless some of those guys start stepping up during training camp in the preseason. Uh, so, you know, both his performance on the field and just his overall health and ability to kind of stay in the lineup are both going to be some interesting and key things to watch going forward this year. Since you brought up Morris Claiborne, what is going on there? There have been whispers that there could be some interest. He's still not signed. It would make sense because he's familiar with the Jets. He was here for two seasons. I know he's overcoming an injury, but this team could use depth at corner, even if he can't beat out Daryl Roberts for the starting job. Wouldn't it make sense to try and work something out there? Yeah, last we heard... uh Mo Claiborne was rehabbing an injury, but uh, that was a wild act. So, you know, there honestly haven't been any updates on that front yet, but no real whispers, no noise around him. He's still floating around on, around on the market. But, you know, I agree with you. He could be a solution, at least to the depth problem for the Jets. Like you said, even if he doesn't beat out Roberts, having him as your number three guy, I would have to imagine, 
is better than some of the other guys that the Jets currently have on the roster. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets kind of start making some phone calls at some point soon, but we're going to have to wait and see, especially with Joe Douglas now. You know, if Mike McCagnum was still here, I think it'd be a pretty safe bet that uh, Claiborne's agent would be fielding some phone calls. Uh, you know, to be determined if Joe Douglas feels the same way about Claiborne. Uh, so we're going to all have to do some research on that front. But uh, it's been all quiet so far. So we will have to see, uh, especially as training camp rolls a while, uh, comes along here. You know, who knows if, if teams start picking up injuries at cornerback, Claiborne should have some interest. Excuse me. Uh, Claiborne should have some interest if he is healthy. So, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see just what kind of offers he's entertaining and, you know, what he's looking for and if the Jets are, are looking to upgrade or at least add some competition for Roberts at that spot as well. Got to figure, if not Claiborne, then somebody, whether it's a training camp cut or a trade, because you can't really go into a season with Daryl Roberts, Tremaine Johnson, Brian Poole as your starters, and nobody with any kind of experience in actual NFL games behind them, right? I would certainly think so. And, you know, Joe Douglas has kind of made mention of this as well. When he got hired, he said that there were spots on this roster that needed upgrades depth-wise, uh, corner being among them. And, you know, obviously within the first week after he got to the Jets, he picked up a couple guys uh, off of waivers and the like. So uh, he knows that the cornerback spot needs work. I would not be surprised at all if, uh, as training camp goes along and guys are getting cut, uh, that Joe Douglas makes some moves and, and picks some guys up there. It's just a matter of how he wants to do it. If he wants to go out and get a free agent like Claiborne or another guy, or if he wants to wait around and see uh, kind of who hits the scrap heap in August, and early September here. So, uh, yeah, I, I also would be surprised if the Jets don't make some moves, at least for depth purposes. Because like you said, right now, everyone at the, uh, you know, behind those three on the depth chart really has no experience. I and mean, you're, you're banking on Perry Nickerson as your backup slot corner, who, uh, you know, I guess he had some experience last year, but looks shaky at times. And then you got Derek Jones, uh, who has, like you said, he's impressed in practices and training camps before, but hasn't really shown it in a real game setting. So uh, definitely some work to do for the Jets at cornerback going into this year. He is one half of the dynamic duo covering the New York Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Matt Stipulkowski. Matt, thanks so much for coming on. Before you go, why don't you let everybody know where they can read your work and also what you've got coming down the pike with this Top 20 series. We're going to talk a little bit more about it next week, but go ahead and give people a preview. Sure thing. So uh, first things first, go ahead and find me on Twitter. Uh, I will admit the Twitter feed's been a little bit quiet this month, just, uh, you know, a little bit of vacation time snuck in there, but it's, uh, M underscore Stipulkowski, that's S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I, and while you're at it, go over to nj.com slash jet. Uh, we're gonna be counting down to the top 20 players all the way up until I believe it's the, uh, day before training camp it ends, or Tuesday the 22nd, 23rd, I believe that is, uh, and then the Jets report on that, uh, Wednesday. So things are moving quickly. The Jets season is almost here, and we will uh, be along for the entire ride documenting it. So, uh, you know, for those of you that are getting itchy and waiting for some football, uh, you know, the wait's almost over, and we're going to have plenty of Jets content at NJ.com soon enough. Go ahead and follow Matt and Daryl on Twitter. Read both of their work over at NJ.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.